Nobody asked for this conversation to continue between Aaron Wong and Brandon Hutchins. Nobody asked for them to challenge each other to cover songs and make fools of themselves. Nobody asked for them to get so much wrong about music. But here we are, so I will correct them. Uh, so the knife is sort of this larger movement of bands that we grew up listening to yes. that broke up 10 years ago that are now making music again. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird. So the the list that I've compiled just in the last two years, bands that have released albums that broke up sometime between 2003 and 2008, uh, Goldfinger, Mm-hmm. Good Charlotte put out an album last year, as did Sum 41, mm-hmm. almost within weeks of each other. If by a few weeks he means 12, then yes, a few. Youth Authority was released July, while 13 Voices was released in October. Newfound Glory put out a new album. They never stopped making music, but they were definitely pretty close when Steve Klein was kicked out of the band. Right. Uh, Blink-182 is nominated for a fucking Grammy for Rock Album of the Year. Who would have known that Blink would come that far and be able to do that thing? Especially after losing their lead guitarist twice? Especially after Tom DeLonge just leapt off the Sanity building. Uh, Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm barely following it, and just tangentially, it just pops up now and then, and I just turn away because I can't. I don't even. It's cuckoo banana beans, man. It's so crazy bonkers. And people are giving him the time of day. I don't get it. You know, he was just named... uh oh fuck alien investigator of the year or something crazy like that oh my god because of his contributions to conspiracy theories contributions and and uh the existence of aliens uh you're gonna have to i'm I'm gonna have to find it the official title is ufo researcher of the year given by the website the reputable website openminds.tv Anyway, so yeah, all these other bands are are announcing they got back together. Uh, early November put out an album in 2015, Incurrence. Incurrence was actually released in 2012. The album Aaron was thinking of was Imbue, released May 12th, 2015. But then last year, Ace just like went to the studio, re-recorded all of his favorite songs, all on acoustic guitar. The album 15 Years was released on February 24th, 2017. While Aaron is likely technically correct that Ace was in the studio last year to record songs, I cannot let such an assumption pass unnoticed. Hmm. And I think that if you're going to come back, I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. But he mixed it himself. He mastered it himself. Uh, he produced it oh, himself. Wow. Ace also has producer credits on the album's in Currents and The Mother, The Mechanic, and The Path, as well as engineer credits on the albums Imbue and Incurrence. And so it's it's really, really stripped down to just what Ace had in his head after, you know, 10, 15 years of playing those songs, like how he would have done mm. it differently. And I think that if you're going to... I think that's a really cool way to go if you're going to come back like that. The Movie Life announced... Uh, they're touring with Early November, and the Movie Life's putting out a new album pretty soon. The band's fourth album, Cities in Search of a Heart, is set for release on September 22nd, 2017. Both the Early November and the Movie Life are now signed to Rise Records, which is likely the reason the two are touring together. Nice. And I'm super stoked for that, because those guys haven't been together for a very long time. The band has actually been reunited since 2014. This album will be the first new release by them. 
in 14 years. I like Vinny Carana. Um, I liked I Am the Avalanche after yeah. maybe I broke up, but it just wasn't the same. Vinny's solo stuff, just not the same. His other band, though, I did not care for. The hardcore. I Am the Avalanche? No, I loved I Am the Avalanche. He had another one. He had or maybe a it was solo just him thing. solo. Yeah, it was just Vinny Carana. Yeah, yeah, that I couldn't, I couldn't handle that. Brendan enjoyed Vinny's acoustic album, City by the Sea. The side project he did not enjoy was Pieced Out with Steve from RX Bandits. I'm the Avalanche's first record on Drive Through was fine. It was serviceable. Yeah. Um, but then that second album that they made with uh, with Holy Fuck, yeah, uh, Avalanche United, I liked it. Avalanche United, yeah, Holy Fuck is honestly one of my favorite yeah side one track ones like yeah it gets you fucking pumped absolutely it's just so raw and so truthful <laughs> and honest and like <laughs> oh man it's a killer I, I, song. I always imagine it's like a guy just got out of prison for like yeah. 10 years. Well, and, uh, his prison was marriage, so. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, it, it works in multiple arenas. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's like it's a so, metaphor. Yeah, so raw and emotional. It, it really is. It's really, it re- he really captured an, uh, an energy, much like I think um, Killing Time did. Because uh, I think Killing Time is just a fucking solid rock album, top to bottom. We talked about this moment on our first attempt when talking about Shudder. He means Colt. But that's not here. That's a different subject. Uh, yeah, Movie Life. Early November. Uh, brand new. Just released a bunch of unreleased demos. Leaked Demos 2006, sometimes referred to by fans as Fight Off Your Demons. Originally leaked on January 24th, 2006, before eventually being released on cassette nearly 10 years later on December 2nd, 2015. They later went on to re-record three songs and release that on May 13th, 2016. But more recently than that, Brand New dropped the latest and final album, Science Fiction, currently number one on the Billboard charts, their first number one album. And, uh, you know, I might know a little something about Brand New. So uh, if you want to check out the sound and the story, uh, Brand New episode, you know, you could do that. Like, our our bands are coming back in a big way, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like, I'm I'm pretty sure pretty soon Alistair's going to get back together. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, Homegrown is going to put out something, you're going to be like, what? Oh my gosh, that would be, <laughs> that would be a twist. I, that one I, would, I do not expect. <laughs> Since the time of this recording, the Chicago band Show Off has announced a pre-order for their new album 11 years since their last official release. Maybe Aaron's prediction doesn't sound as crazy as I thought. My roommate informs me that there's a pretty cool sunset going on right now. <laughs> Do you want to go see it? I mean, I've seen him. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I've seen a sunset before. I'm going to go see the eclipse in uh, uh, a couple weeks. Isn't uh, Yeah, somebody posted an article about how it, it, traffic's just going to be insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be like the worst traffic day 
ever which is just like <laughs> so a normal day here in los angeles so no all, all your californians are moving up to portland so we're just as bad as you now don't do that that's our don't normal do that. <laughs> don't we do we're that's why i was that. late to recording today i'm not doing that I moved away. I moved away from there. I'm not saying you're the problem. I'm just yelling at you. All right, fine. That's that's fair. Brendan viewed the eclipse in Madras, Oregon, with about 100,000 other campers. He enjoyed the experience, but it wasn't the life-changing moment he was led to believe. Pretty fucking cool, though. And traffic was completely normal headed into Madras and double coming back to Portland. Um, yeah, but good. So good, Charlotte. One of my, one of my favorite bands first albums i mean oh my gosh first that first album. album is still probably i've listened to that album probably more than any other album 55 and also i would like to point out the first album is not uh the one with lifestyles and rich and famous oh fuck what is it called young and the hopeless the first good charlotte album is not young and the hopeless it is self-titled right with motivation proclamation who and, thinks is young and the hopeless uh kids like four years younger than us well, they're dumb because life size and the rich and famous and the anthem they fucking blew up they were everywhere right but like motivation proclamation oh, and weird. the click and uh uh oh god what's the first track on that self-titled album little things little things Little Things was the was the song that got me into them to begin with. You know, but they were on, like, obscure MTV shows. Good Charlotte's song, The Click, was the opening theme song for the MTV animated show Undergrads back in 2001. They, they weren't, like, at the fucking forefront until Young and the Hopeless. So a lot of people True. think it's their first album, which is fine, because technically Good Charlotte had an album before the self-titled one. Which was self-produced, oh, and which which is what got them to a major label. That one I didn't know. Uh, it's very rare. I don't even have a copy of it, and I've been looking my whole fucking life for it. Aaron will be searching a long time, as this album does not actually exist. Technically, there were two EPs released by Good Charlotte before they released their self-titled album. Another EP was released in 1999, and the Good Charlotte EP, or GC EP, was released in 2000. Uh, anyway, Good Charlotte put in uh, Good Charlotte put in an album last year. I don't know if you heard it. It was really good. I. But again, it was about the aging rock star. I don't think I listened to it yet. I have it. I think I youth, have it. Youth I Authority. So like Good Charlotte, self-titled with their first track, the fucking clouds on the CD. Perfect album. One of my favorites all time. Second, Young and the Hopeless was already tired of them. They had lost their drummer Aaron, who was the drummer of Wakefield. Uh, whom I had a, a close, I, I really liked him because we had the same name. And this is the only reason that I ever remembered who Wakefield was as a band. Um, Lifestyle of the Hope, they blew the fuck up. Every other song was fantastic on that album. Oh, yeah, on that American Made album? Yeah. All the even tracks, right? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Brendan should have said, actually, the odd number songs are my favorite, including Sold Out, Girls Rock Boys, Give Me a Reason, and Infamous. That'll, that's definitely for the topic of remember this band. I definitely yes. want to do a Wakefield. Yes. Um, I'm going to write that fucking down because I will forget. <laughs> I'm going to type it down. Backing even further up. So, Goldfinger. Uh, nope. Good Charlotte. Self-titled. Young and the Hopeless. Young and the Hopeless, they blew the fuck up. After that was the book one. The blood. The bloody one. Bloody with, Valentine? No, that was on Young and the Hopeless. Track seven. It was like a, it was like a fucking book. And they were just, I, I, I wasn't into them anymore. The album is called The Chronicles of Life and Death. They made one more album after that, uh, or whatever it was, the Orange and right. White album. Actually, they made two more, Good Morning Revival and Cardiology. 
Fun fact, John Feldman has been credited as a writer with Good Charlotte as far back as The Young and the Hopeless. Feldman has a writing credit on at least one song on every Good Charlotte album, except the album Good Morning Revival. Feldman also has producer credits on the album Young and the Hopeless and Youth Authority. And that, okay. it was couple, fine. I yeah, really actually appreciated that they were going off into like electronica land and like really trying new things. But I was just really, cause they were also, you know, Benji was dating Nicole Richie and like, they were just like in the media all the time. And I just like, I was like very tired of them. Actually it was Joel who married Nicole Richie in 2010. Benji married Cameron Diaz in 2015. Especially because people liked them, and I was like, oh, you like pop punk? You should listen to literally hundreds of other bands that I know about. And they're like, yeah, mm, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Fine. I blame you, good Charlotte. Um, <laughs> um, which is a testament to how important they were to me. Uh, <laughs> but so last year, they put out Youth Authority, and it's it's all the same subject matter. It's, man, we're old, and the scene has changed, and what happened to just having fun? Much like The Knife. But yeah, Charlotte was sort of the first of these bands to come back out and sort of make that statement. And uh, it's fine. Sum 41 released an album. And, uh, you know, since... Uh, fuck, what was the name of their guitar player? Their guitar player passed away, and so they stopped being a band. No one from Sum 41 died. David Boksh, whose nickname is Brown Sound. The guitarist he is thinking of left the band but came back in 2015. But his point still stands. Same thing with Lucky Boy's Confusion. Their guitar player passed away, and they stopped being a band. Joe Self, the guitar player for Lucky Boy's Confusion, passed away in May of 2012. But, you know, they both released new albums. Did you ever listen to Storm Chasers, the new Lucky Boy's album? Nope, not yet. Would like to preface by saying that Lucky Boy is, is a very favorite band of both of ours, I would say. Yes, absolutely. We spent, th- there were many, many, many nights of Tony Hawk, Pro Skater, and Lucky Boy's, and oddly enough, no weed. <laughs> no drug use. Nope. No drug use. Nope. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Because, like, especially Lucky Boy's first three albums is, are all about smoking all weed. About weed. It's all, all about, about smoking it, weed. All about smoking it. And I yep. feel like Tony Hawk Pro Skater is all about smoking weed as well. Just, like, getting high and play video games. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> argument for that. <laughs> but we weren't doing either. No. Or we weren't doing that with either of those things at the time. Um, yeah, Lucky Boys. I mean, Lucky Boys. I love Lucky Boys. And I was so excited for them to come out with a new album. And it was forgettable. It was fine. You know, again, it was, it was, it was more important that one of my favorite bands was releasing a new album than it was about making good music, I guess. Yeah. Did the lyrics show any growth or change or improvement really. or no. emotion? I mean, they weren't talking about weed anymore. That was cool. You know, they didn't write 4080 the sequel, you know? 30 grams of 4080 shit cost It was good, but though I admit but they did, uh, you know, on their previous albums, they did cover a lot of their own songs, which was fun. Yeah. I always like the extra versions of Fred Astaire and, and yeah. all that. I, yeah, I like those, like, chorus callbacks and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was some 40. Uh, yeah, so some 41 and, and uh, Lucky Boys both had guitar uh, members in their band pass away. Let's just pretend Aaron said, leave the band instead of passed away. And that's why they stopped playing music and then they kind of got back into it. The movie life, the movie life is a weird, because Vinny was doing fine on his own. And I don't know what happened with mm-hmm. I Am The Avalanche. Um, but Brandon, the other half of the movie life, who has a side project called Nightmare of You. Aaron is referring to Brandon Riley of the band Nightmare of You. 
Not to be confused with I Am The Avalanche's guitar player, Brandon Swanson. But honestly, who would mix them up? Which is also one of my favorite bands. That first album is fucking crazy amazingly good. It doesn't sound like anything else that was being put out at the time. And it was super weird. And I remember things were weird between Vinny and Brandon for a while. And actually, the whole Nightmare of You album is a call out on Vinny about being a fake New Yorker. Because Vinny identifies as being from Brooklyn and shit like that. But they all grew up in Jersey. There are lyrics in that first Nightmare of You album where it's like, yeah, you say you're from new york and you're fucking not what are you doing you fucking hipster (laughs) it's cool it's a you know it's cool to like have that feud documented and that everything is cool now like between them and they're making music again but like i feel like even before that like taking back sunday got back to its original members you know they Mm -hmm. fred was no longer in the band and will noon came back after straylight run just went crazy and was really bad aaron actually meant john nolan the guitar player for taking back sunday Will Noon was the drummer for Straylight Run and Breaking Pangea. Um, that first Straylight album, incredible, and one of the best things to come out of the era. And then he got oh, really weirdly political. That did not grab me at all. Really? Yeah. I love yeah. with Existentialism on Prom Night and Tension and the Terror and like all those songs. No, yeah, it did nothing for me. Didn't move me at all. Really? Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to go back to it. Maybe. Maybe enough time has passed. Uh, but I mean, you and I see a little differently on a on a couple key albums like uh we have very different views on ocean avenue ocean avenue is the fourth album by yellow card released in 2003 totally forgettable for you and one of my favorite albums yes i like i like um what's a dad for or what's it called just dad i don't know salesman nah what's a dad for dad tell me why i'm here dad whisper in my ear tell me how to be a bigger man dad it's great yes the full title is Life of a Salesman. I actually wrote a parody to that song, <laughs> but I never I never went through making it. Hmm. Um, so yeah, you brought up um, Taking Back Sunday. You brought mm-hmm. up um, Documented Feuds. Um, oh, yeah. Have you heard the complete story of, uh, of the, the Taking Back Sunday brand new feud? Like yeah, from beginning to the, end? that podcast you showed me, there was a Will yeah. Noon episode. There was a Straight Light Run episode, and I listened to that whole thing. About how it was like kind of blown out of proportion and good for record sales, and I heard all I heard that whole Will Noon perspective, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode uh, so mm. that other people can enjoy it. Oh yeah, it's uh, that whole podcast is actually really really great. Absolutely, it's one of the few ones I've actually gone through all the episodes and like sat down and listened to the ones I wanted to. Brendan was referring to the podcast, the sound and the story. But Aaron was thinking about the podcast, Your Favorite Band. Ugh. Uh, the Reliant K one was super long. The Five Iron Frenzy one was illuminating and probably my favorite one that he's done so far. Especially because I love Five Iron Frenzy. Um, but it's weird that they're like very Christian people. Because <laughs> May is on there and, and uh, May was very religious at the start. And Reliant K, obviously. Uh, Five Iron Frenzy, obviously, you know. Man, May. May is such a great band, too. And they're going to come out. They they are re-releasing all of their music. Shit. I didn't even write oh, May down. I'm so glad I remembered. Yeah, if you go That's to their cool. if you go to their website right now, you can um you can download uh, Good Afternoon, Good Evening and Good Night or Afternoon, Evening and Fuck. 
Morning, afternoon, and evening. Good okay. afternoon, good evening, and good night is a Truman Show quote. So Yes. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> <laughs> but morning, afternoon, and evening, um, man, May is another band that I grew way into. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It, it didn't, uh, I don't think it grabbed May? me as much as, yeah. I mean, the Everglow is a fucking solid album. It's a trip. Yeah. But yeah. to me, like, it's a great concept and I, and I, I dug it, you know, listening to it a couple times, mm-hmm. but then, then, then I experienced it and I could move on. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sucker for piano parts because straight light run is the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like just that opening track or the first song, you know, he just is fucking pounding on that piano and, it, and it's just echoey and just, it makes you feel so tiny. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, maybe I'm just a sucker for piano parts. Maybe that's it. <laughs> I'm glad I remembered May because that was a band I didn't write down on this list that I was also thinking of. I don't know. I mean, I'm a fan of it. So it, all these albums seem to be half good and half cash grab. Like, Lucky Boys felt like a cash grab. Only ca- I say cash grab only because like I w- I don't want to say that they're bad albums, but like they definitely mm-hmm. weren't for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like they captured anything about the original. Uh, feeling of the band and goldfinger sort of rides that goldfinger makes me feel right in the middle of that Mm -hmm. but i think it's intentional um good charlotte felt like a cash grab but it also felt like they really meant it it felt less like a cash grab more like man we could really use the money if you guys are into this (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a fine album it's better than good morning revival or fuck Gonna, cardiology is that what it's called cardiology i think so is that the the place because listen to it right? yes cardiology yeah i called it oh chronicles of life and death i also forgot about the chronicles of life and death is the book i was the book album i was thinking of. cardiology i don't even think i fucking listened yeah to. yeah it wasn't worth listening to yeah because like you know the, the the whole thing with a band is especially if you get to catch them on their first or second album is you listen to it and you're like holy shit this is amazing this is my whole life and they release their sophomore album. You're like, this isn't the direction I thought it would go. This is kind of weird. And then by the third album, they've completely changed their sound. You're like, oh, well, I'm done with, you know, <laughs> like, I'll keep an ear out. But like, you, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stop pursuing this and sort of let it come to me. And then by the fourth <laughs> and fifth album of honestly, most bands, you're like, man, these guys have really fallen from grace or have very much changed. I, I won't, I won't make it sound like it's their fault, but like have very much <laughs> changed uh what i liked about them or maybe i've changed i don't know but or both or both yeah absolutely both but good charlotte is a great example of that that self-titled album was my entire life i listened to the album for two years of high school straight yeah and then young and the hopeless came out on the bus and yeah that like we would sing the harmonies like you would take benji parts and i would take joel parts and like yep they were it was fucking great some of the, I believe the first song I ever learned how to play on guitar that had an F chord in it, that had a bar chord in it, was Seasons off of. Mm, yes. Yeah, we'd sing Seasons all the time. Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. And then Young and the Hopeless came out, and uh, it was fine. It, it wasn't, it was, it was overproduced. Um, you know, lots of, you could feel lots of hands in the cookie jar. I wouldn't say there were lots of hands necessarily. Don Gilmore produced their first album, while Eric Valentine produced their second. The change in producers likely affected how the band sounded. I didn't. I didn't 
know how to express any of this at the time when I was 17. Um, but like, it just felt different. And you're like, I mean, it's good. <laughs> you know, and then you would just, they would just completely fall off your radar as the second album exploded. And then my Chronicles of Life and Death, you pick it up and you're like, man, I just, I'm not into this at yep, all anymore. Completely the same. And then they released two more albums after that. Oh, geez, where have I been? And then they released an album six years after their last album. You're like, oh my God, I remember this band. I love this band. <laughs> Nostalgia trip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really need to listen to that. I haven't gotten it's to it It's fun. Yet. It's, I mean, it's disposable. You're not going to listen to it on repeat for two years, you know, like like their first album but like you're like oh yeah these guys can still write a song that's cool some 41's album new album i didn't listen to but i mean i fell off some 41 so fast i uh all yeah. killer no filler was like everywhere in too deep was on yeah. malcolm in the middle and shit you know and then um does this look infected that you came out the album after that it's just does this look infected they had really gone heavy into the sort of Iron Maiden heavy metal realm. Right. And I just, I wasn't thing. ready for it and I wasn't a fan of it. No. So by the time Chuck came out, I was, I was done with it. Yep. Me too. But then their guitar player guy died and it was very sad. Again, I must clarify as of this recording, no one from the band Sum 41 has passed away. And then they released a new album and it's supposed to be, you know, I, I've, I've very much grown an appreciation for, all those heavy metal influences, all those speed metal influences. And so I'm sure if I listened to the new album, it would be really fantastic. Oh, so Derek like married Avril Lavigne for a second. I forgot about that. Derek married Avril in 2006. They divorced shortly after in 2012. Yeah. So they were like oddly in the news and and I was just, other people can listen to it. I'm going to find something better. (laughs) Agreed. So yeah, I feel like that trend of bands, going away for a long time and coming back uh you know i think it's just now it's just happening with the bands that we knew from high school yeah but i think that's kind of a trend that's happened with other genres in i think the so past too as well i yeah i think it's i think it's all part of the 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 circle of music yeah. life you know but i will say though uh, we're we're the last generation of people that understand what music was like before the internet. True. Because I also feel like a lot of these bands maybe didn't succeed as much as they could or couldn't sustain their lifestyle or anything like that because people were not making money from music anymore. Mm-hmm. And they were, but, you know, the, the the thinking hadn't caught up yet. We Everybody was still scrambling, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm curious to know if these bands stopping bands because you know, it was too hard to sustain a lifestyle that way. And now that they've grown up and, and have their careers and stuff like that, you know, they're, they're, they're confident who they are and they want to make music again. I wonder if that's a contributing, I'm sure it's part of it, but I'm curious to know if it's like a defining factor of it. This was a conversation between Aaron Wong and me, Brendan Hutchins. You can hear more of Aaron and his band downtown at downtownisaband.com. I'm on Twitter at The Pod Playlist, and you can hear more of me on my podcast recommendation podcast called Podcast Playlist at podcastplayl.isd hashtag podcast. We were interrupted and corrected by David Callison of the Sound and the Story podcast, and you can find more of him at David Callison, D-A-V-I-D-K-A-L-L-I-S-O-N. The show's Twitter is N-A-F-T-P-O-D. We will talk to each other next time about what we're listening to, and you can listen. Brendan viewed the eclipse in... <laughs> Sorry. Are we debating? <laughs> Are we de- <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs>
I don't know if we're debating where you saw the eclipse. I'm sorry. I'm going to leave that in. <clears throat>